panel of four all voted back in, unopposed, once more. Welcome back to Hand of Pod. sun in the sky early this afternoon but the storm clouds gathered as the day moved on and now this evening uh, we're gearing up for what looks like it could be a proper old fashioned Buenos Aires thunderstorm it's uh, gothically appropriate really because what more appropriate mood could the city be in on a day when Julio Humberto Grondona is set to be elected once more as AFA president an uh, uh, election which is going to take him up to 36 years as president of the AFA. Uh, he's then, very shortly afterwards, actually going to be voted as FIFA vice president again, which we suspect is going to be just as <laughs> much of a democratic competition. Um, and we're discussing that today because it is fairly big news in Argentina. Not that he's voted in for another four years, but that it's happened uh, the day after a hidden camera sting on one of the main news channels, America Noticias. Um which strikes me as being fairly badly timed. A bit late to really make a difference, considering they did the sting last December, according to uh, Abina, the man who, who was behind the hidden camera. Um, Seba, you, you've been here longest, and your Spanish is obviously better than the, the, the three of ours, even though we, we're all fairly good at it. Um, so oh, perhaps you you'll... Yourself, so. yeah. Sorry, you're quite right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Australian Dan's just pulled me up, and, and therefore I'll introduce him. First of all, welcome back to the pod now. Thank you, it's great to be back, and I really missed you guys. Bringing an authentic Australian accent <laughs> to you. Yeah, that was horrific, by the way. All of you, all of you should be ashamed. <laughs> English Dan, as well, is here. Nice to be back, and I think ours were much better than Dan's, to be fair. <laughs> you're not really fooling anybody. South African Dan. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> and Seba... As you can already hear laughing, uh, it's also here. It's okay if I speak with an Arachi accent. <laughs> Perfectly all right, yeah. Seb has promised to have a fernet with us if we get news during the recording that Grondona has not been voted back in, but we're not expecting him to be breaking his uh, I'm staying abstinence. Sober. I'm staying sober then. Yeah. yeah, I suspect you will be for the next 40 years or so. I don't think it'll be. <laughs> um, Seb, you've, you've been in Argentina for, what, nearly all of Grandona's presidency, apart from the, the time that you spent living abroad. Why exactly, what was this hidden camera sting about, for the benefit of our listeners? <coughs> what exactly was being said? Who was being implicated and so on? Yeah, I'm, I'm 34 now, and when he was voted in, I was too, I couldn't do anything to stop him. And I still <laughs> can't do anything. <laughs> like, I, I, I just resigned to the fact that nothing is going to change as long as he stays there, and the worst thing about this is his mother lived till she was 100 years old, so this could probably be in his genes. How old is he now, 80? 79, 80? Uh, he is 80, I think, yeah, 81, 82, maybe. Um, and yeah, he's ready for another four years in, in, in charge uh, at the helm of uh, AFA. And yeah, it's really disappointing. And going to the hidden camera, yeah, we saw it yesterday, what, what we saw was just a confirmation of 
his dirty businesses and, and his uh, very dodgy years in charge of AFA and how things work behind the scenes. Um, the guy who did this hidden camera used to be a partner of Grondona and that is another thing that is really disappointing because and it's really sad and frustrating because none of the, the parts or, or the men involved in this are good or are there for the good of, of Argentine football. They're, they're just there to make money and they don't care about the consequences. And this guy, Avila, is another uh, example of this. Not, a, not, not in, the same, at the same, in the same extent as Grondona, but this, this guy, Avila, he, uh, started, he started off selling hot dogs in, uh, at, at the football probably at River Plate, I, I, I can't confirm that, but later, like in 2009, when Pasarela ran for president, he was going to be his uh, opposition in, in, in the elections and decided to... For Alpha president? No, for River, for, for River, River president, president, yeah. Okay. But before, in between, uh, his years as a hot dog seller and, and his running for River Plate president, uh, he became this uh, TV... Empresario Magnet, yeah. So he bought the TV rights for Argentine football in 1985 from AFA, of course. So he started doing business with Grandona with a company called Torneos y Competencias. And then that company got bought uh, by Grupo Clarín, the biggest multimedia group in, in Argentina, who are now. Uh, opposed to the government, to the current government, there, uh, well, the, this is an ongoing battle since the years of the late Nestor Kirchner, our former president, and the, the husband of, of the current president, Cristina. And between the government and Grupo Clarín, they have been exchanging like fire, like yeah. it's, it's, it's a proper yeah. war. Like mm. uh, the government wants to take some of the power out of Clarín. Clarín wants to destabilize, destabilize, destabilize. Yeah, destabilize. basically, like in, in lieu of like a powerful political opponent, this mm -hmm. media, massive media company, has is the, the main opponent of the government. Yeah. yeah, with like news channels, 24 hours talking about bad things about the government. The government, in return, they. Um, they 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 hit them when when it when it hurts and that's with the TV rights and mm -hmm. they made a lot of money with that. Avila was not involved uh, by by then. He's now with a, a couple of other uh, projects, in, in, including Golf the Channel, the TV channel in in Argentina. And yeah, he he was upset because he lost control and he lost power. And just a, a, a reminder for for those who have been following us or and some bit of information for new listeners now football in Argentina is free for everyone for for our, for us we can watch it uh, free on on air tv or free to air tv and um, but before that when when the tv rights belong to TSC competencias you had to pay to watch and now the government bought the tv rights from from TSC actually from AFA because Grandona decided to to break the contract unilaterally, the contract he had with TSE, and this is the situation. He upset a lot of people by doing that, and now Avila 
had this hidden camera on him and also on Eduardo de Luca, who is a Comebol secretary and, and also one of the AFA executives. And we should mention as well, we've already talked a little bit about the, the politics of Argentina as the country, but in terms of the politics of the AFA, uh, the channel that this was, was broadcast on was is the channel that's owned by one of Grondona's main opponents in the AFA, is, is it not? Is that right? Yeah, the America, yeah, the, the news channel uh, is owned by Daniel Villa. It's one one guy is Avila and the other guy is Daniel Villa. Not, not to be confused, but this guy is the president of Independiente Rivadavia. It's a team from Mendoza who plays in the National B, where Ariel Ortega used to play, and now Fabiani is playing. They're in in second division, and yeah, he's he's been really active in this campaign to unsettle Grandona, and he has a football show on Sunday night. It's not it's. It's not so much about football, but it's, it's about <laughs> politics, and it's, it's kind of a comedy at it's some points. Fun. Yeah, uh, it's like a talk show with this guy Alejandro Fantino, who who is the host, and all they do is talk about Grandona, talk about talk, uh, say bad things about Grandona, try to Perfect. raise awareness, try to clarify Grandona's exactly. if you will. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, Daniel Vila is also very active trying to to unsettle Grandona, trying to occupy his his position, but Daniel Villa is also a bit dodgy, if you ask me. So um, so what came out on the tapes, specifically? Well, on the tapes, you, you saw the Lucas saying that Grandona was the one getting paid by Torneos y Competencias, and he always, like he said, that Grandona always was in charge of dealing with the money, and then Grandona... Uh, himself talking to Avila said uh, that he remembers he has witnesses and he remembers how a few guys on motorbikes took this black money as he said uh, plata negra uh, he, these these uh, guys on motorbikes would take this money to cable operators in the provinces and yeah, he speaks about a, 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 a lorry full of money uh, like two million, that he doesn't exactly say w what the money was for, and then they reveal also a few bank statements statements for that belong accounts that belong to Grandona in the in banks in Switzerland, and this one, guy one Carlos Avila. One of which, as I tweeted at the time, was from Lloyd's TSB, hmm. which, given that Grandona's made some very uncomplimentary comments before about English people and, and our way of doing things. And yeah, he's banking with an English bank. I, I don't think we should allow him to... Well, but since English banks aren't exactly brilliant. <laughs> no, in, in, English banks don't have anything to do with dodgy characters normally. No. I'm sure Lloyd's TSP wouldn't have allowed him anywhere near them. But they were talking about sort of 30 million pounds, dollars? dollars. 30 million dollars is the figure I heard, yeah. yeah and I think if, if they say 30 million dollars, probably more. <laughs> or they're probably elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... I don't know. I don't see a way out for for Argentine football. No. It's good that these things are getting uh, revealed, yeah. revealed and, and, and we we are talking about it. And Grandona cannot cannot lie to us to our faces. We we already knew who, who he was and things he's been doing and the state of Argentine football and how he uh, on purpose uh, managed to to establish this scenario in which. The AFA is incredibly rich, and the national team 
is like a, f a massive flag internationally for them to get more money and in return or, or on, the, on the other hand the clubs are all in debt and that is because Grandona wants it that way mm. because he needs the clubs to be desperate to have them eating from, from his hand of course yeah if he's holding all the purse strings they have to come to him to pay yeah. for money and so they have to stay on his side Logically, which yeah. is one of the reasons why the club like Velez is, has finally stood up to oppose him because they basically have sorted out their finances and they are sort of self-sufficient. One of the few clubs who can yeah. who can risk uh, opposing him because they, they can look after their own funds, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if particularly Velez would be completely self-sufficient, say if the if the uh, Premier money went away. But compared to most clubs, yeah, they've got a better structure, as we said many times before, and. They can do it, so that really gives them the confidence yet yeah, to put up. I think their president, Rafaini, was one of the few people that actually put himself up as a candidate against uh, Grandona. He didn't get enough support, so he won't be running, but at least, kind of, yeah, there is some people, there are some people testing the waters, and I guess you can see kind of the first minuscule cracks appearing in Grandona's presidency, but that could take. Another year, yeah, well, 60 years to, <laughs> to open up. He's a bit like, I think the, there's photos of him like that. You've seen that Nicolas Cage photo where it's you know, like from the, the mid 17th, 18th century or something. Where it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll show I think there's photos of Grandona <laughs> from back in the uh, medieval times. Yeah. I haven't seen those. I think Australian does go mad. He doesn't mean an actual photo of Nicolas Cage, but there is a photo of some man about town. Well, the late 18th century looks. It's on La Canción de los Parecidos, I'll show you after. I'm eager to see those. So basically, yeah, we know that today he's going to get re-elected, so it's four more years of him in charge, no matter how many cracks are appearing. I think we probably, possibly, I certainly was expecting a slightly longer expose on the hidden camera thing than it actually turned out to be, given all the publicity they gave it beforehand, and then they showed it, and it turned out that the publicity was pretty much all they had to show. And um, it did, we, we didn't mention it did include something of a, of a death threat to this mm. journalist that's ever made. Yes, um, yeah. Fantina, who's been making the most of that. On the, on the, the exact road. words used being, I'll kill him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to <laughs> kill them, I kill them, yeah. It's scary coming from him. What I was really struck by was because, because we've had, uh, um, I doubt that seven Australian Dan would have seen it, English Dan, you might have already been living here when it was shut. But there was on Panorama and on BBC a few years ago um, no, a, a hidden camera sting into bungs from Premier League managers um, done. And they made a big song and dance of how much it was going to rely, how much it was going to reveal about certain characters and everything. And at the end of it, all they really had was uh, Sam Allardyce and Harry Redknapp not really saying very much to camera because, you know, they weren't stupid and or, or whatever, or because they're actually not taking bungs. And they didn't really get anything good. The Grandona thing, there was one point where he actually directly said he, that uh, some of the people from TV Publica are talking to Christina about renewing the contract or something, and then he went, but what they don't know is, because obviously he's talking to the say director and whatever wants him to, to believe that he's still an important part of his plans as well, so that Grandona's got a fallback plan if Football Paratolos falls, falls through. And he says, but what they don't know is that I have the final say on everything here, I know everything that goes on in this organisation, which really is as damning as it gets. He, he's not being, you know, trying to be clever and I'm not going to say anything to people, I'm just going to keep my counsel and, and not say anything that might incriminate me. He's just quite obviously out there saying, yeah, yeah, I gave this guy a bribe, I know everything that goes on here, I've got £30 million in, uh, dollars in Swiss bank accounts, all that. Just incredible. It was, 
Well, he can do that because he mm. he says he once said, "I'm the vice president of the world." <laughs> he said, "FIFA, has, they they have more nations than the the United Nations." So, FIFA, in a way, is more powerful than the UN. He said, "And I'm the vice president of FIFA, and therefore I'm I'm more powerful than the president of Argentina." And he believes that, and I don't know, I don't know if he's he probably is right, and. Uh, he, well, he's acting that way. He's, yeah. He feels he has immunity, and he's been like, he's been like that with we, uh, whichever the, the the government in charge of Argentina was. When the military government was here, he was shaking hands with, with, with them, and then with the Peronistas, with the Radicales, with uh, with everyone, with these ones, he's, he's uh, even striking a deal, a very good deal for for Afa and, and, and for him. Yeah, I don't think we can deny that he's a very, very clever, conniving man. Like, mm -hmm. You can't spend 31 years in Argentine politics without being a very smooth operator. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess for that you've got to give him credit, but at what cost to uh, Argentine people? He's like Mr. Evil and he's he, probably yeah. going to ask for one million dollars! <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that not too much. <laughs> 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 I think it was almost identical to this. <laughs> He's, he's sufficiently out of touch, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> One of my all-time favourite Grandona quotes, of course, there are the, the anti-Semitic stuff when he oh. had Jose Peckham managing the national side but saying that Jews couldn't hack top-level football. Um, but one of my favourites was shortly after Football Paradox came in when he was asked, you know, how, how do you justify breaking the, the contract with, with Taysa, basically completely illegally. And, and his response was, well, you know, when I signed that contract in the first place, nobody told me that people wouldn't be able to see the matches. I thought everybody had cable. <laughs> but anyway, we, we've probably talked enough about that. Um, it, it's of more interest to our, our listeners Generally as well, of course, because Grandona is also a FIFA vice president, as, as me and Sam have now both mentioned, and is up for re-election then, and similarly isn't going to be opposed there and, and, and will get re-elected. Um, he handles the finances. He, yeah. He's in charge of oh, FIFA finances. <laughs> yeah. And one more point before we, we move on, because I get asked this question a lot. Like, why, if everyone, if everyone is opposed to him and everyone knows what he's doing and, and nobody likes him, why he keeps getting voted in and, and why he's getting reelected for the for the ninth time in, in his in, in his life and the reason is simple everyone hates him but the club's presidents that which are the ones who actually get to vote even even if this, the members of the clubs that elected them in the first place to be president of those clubs don't like Ronona they their their hands are really tied when it comes to their relationship with, with AFA. They know the consequences could be terrible if they don't vote for, for Grandona. And they don't know who could come uh, next. And even if he was a good guy or a bad guy, they are quite happy with with how things work. Because mm -hmm. in a way, it works for them. Because the, the, the pressure that they could be facing if they don't vote for Grandona, Grandona can turn the referees against you. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. He, he could block your account, he could stop paying you for TV money or, or say, okay, this is enough. <laughs> Probably. A, a case in point would be River Plate, <laughs> who we've got a, a list here of the clubs who are not going to be, who have said that they're going to be abstaining from the voting uh, this evening or are currently abstaining from the voting as we record perhaps, and it runs Venice and All Boys, and that's it. And 
you know, six months ago, Daniel Passarella certainly, whether he actually believed his claims about Grondona being behind Rivers' relegation or not, is one thing. But it's undeniable that Passarella and Grondona weren't friendly with one another. Yeah. And yet, now, you know, River aren't on that list, they do have a vote, which means they're voting for Grondona. Yeah, I think Passarella was a bit of a hypocrite because of all the things Grondona is doing, he just complained about one bad referee and one bad refereeing performance against mm. Boca and he wanted Grondona out just because of a few mistakes from a referee yeah. I mean that was like after the number of refereeing decisions yeah, that, that was benefited from yeah. as well down the years but that was a bit like you could compare that with uh, Al Capone because Al Capone he, he got busted because uh, he, he stopped paying or, or he didn't pay for taxes yeah, yeah. yeah he committed all sorts of crimes and <laughs> went down because of tax evasion and that would be that would be comparable, like Grondona going down because one bad refereeing decision or yeah. a couple of missed penalties not being given to River. I mean that was that was a bit hypocrite because after that, soon after that, uh, River started giving Grondona's vote of confidence, and now they're gonna vote for him again. Yeah. So Pasarella is the man who's gonna vote for him. He, he wanted he wanted him out six months ago. So that's that's one good example of, of how teams are really. Hand-tied when it comes to Alpha and Grandona. Indeed. Uh, I'll play a little music now because we've talked for 20-ish minutes on that. Um, and I don't think we're going to edit an awful lot. I don't think I'm going to edit an awful lot of that. So I'll play a bit of music and then we'll come back to our normal uh, hand of pot schedule and we'll talk a bit about the, the first division and what's going to happen. Do you have the Godfather's tune? <laughs> I don't, I'm afraid. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure what the copyright issues are. <laughs> People can just imagine that that's fine. talk politics, let's now talk football. Um, the first division is still going on. Boca Juniors at the weekend missed an excellent chance to extend their lead to eight points. It's only six, as we now talk. The Racing having missed a chance to close the gap on them slightly, having uh, drawn against... I had a feeling I'd get reminded pretty quickly. Um, and then Boca drew the, the penultimate match of the round, nil-nil uh, against Belgrano in La Bombonera. And don't forget Rafaela, they lost at the Estudiantes and they could have gone even yeah. closer than that. Yeah, they that's good at Belgrano. That's very true. Yeah, and a, a more interesting win for, for Estudiantes actually as well after a really bad start to the season, first, well, first quarter of the season in fact for them. Where do we start? Maybe we should start with Bocas and his yeah. and their injury situation. Yeah, I guess the big news out of the match was um, well, Ricalme was again injured for yeah. a short term injury, uh, which seems to happen fairly often. Yeah, it looks but as though he'll miss one game against Cologne, and then after that, it's um, a bit hit and miss. It's on his Achilles heel, I believe, which he had trouble with a couple of years back. But mm. it seems more like um, yeah, kind of a, a niggling injury rather than right. a serious one. So right. maybe one or two matches and. He should be back. Yep, and the big news obviously was that um, Lucas Diatri, who's, who's become the, the, the main striker, the number nine since Palermo retired, was really uh, he tore his, his ligaments in his right knee, was it? Yeah. Um, in quite a bad, 
I don't know. It was it was an anterior cruciate ligament. Oh, there you go. Um, the ACL. Uh-huh. See, so I've done sporting abbreviations before. Um, He's out for six months. Out for six months, so yeah. Out for the rest of the time then. The same one that Gio Moreno tore in fact against all boys, wasn't it? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know for sure. And it was quite a tussle with... Who was the defender in that? Do you remember? I know, to be honest. Um, but sort of, yeah, running to the byline and, you know, shoulder barging with, with a defender and he sort of crashed into the into the hoardings there. But I think he, he'd, he'd done his knee sort of in the, in the lead-up to that. Um, so that's sparked all kinds of um, rumours about who Boca's going to bring in. No, the Carlos Tevez, who we might as well mention so we can get some hits on this podcast. Carlos Tevez, which is very... Uh, even the vice president mentioned it as a... you know He said, we'll try, we know it's almost impossible. But I think it's basically impossible. Especially, I think, because... I mean, first of all, they'd need special dispensation from FIFA to yeah. get a transfer throughout outside the window. They could possibly get, considering... They well, could, except that... Except that, from what I've read, the Boca Board of Directors are kind of split 50-50 on whether they should get Tevez in or not. Or whether they should, or whether it would they should be a, any replacement. Yeah, it would be a, a foolish decision. It would be no. It would be irrelevant whether they're, they they have fifty percent of, of the of the board in agreement or not, because it will be against the rules. Because the a player, if they get dispensation, they they have to get a player from the local league mm. or a free agent. And Tevez is none of those. Mm. So it's. it's Mm. It's just a rumor because of the history between Teres and, yeah. and Boca, and because of the situation, situation yeah. uh, Teres is living in, in, in the UK. And the, and the dispensation service talking about is, I think it's because it's less than seventy-five percent of the season is finished, and this is you know, obviously a long-term injury. They're yeah. allowed to bring in someone from the league, I guess. Yeah. But then I've heard as well another name that's come up is um, Santiago Silva, yeah. who was linked with Boca before in uh, pre-season, but ended up going to Fiorentina last minute, and I guess it's gonna. Have exactly the same problems without kind of the link with it, the fans and everything. To no, and also because yeah. also because he's registered with the team in Italy, and that's yeah. that's end of the, of the story <laughs> for him right now in the Apertura. They could probably reopen when the transfer window uh, is is open again. They yeah. can they can probably negotiate to bring Silva, but it's, yeah. it will be irrelevant for this Apertura yeah. because the end of the Apertura will be in December. Plus, I, I don't think it's necessary. I think they'll, they'll be fine. They, they should cruise to the title. They've got Svitanic. They've got a six-point lead in the table. They've got Malche. Yeah. to come back as well, Malche. Well, well, at the moment, it was with the squad in the Panamericans. Sure, but that's from Panam- Panam- game. American games, yeah. yeah. He, he misses one game now. Mm. He, he missed this weekend, just gone, yeah. and, and next week's game, and then he's back. No, yeah, it's um, very good. And they've spent a lot, a lot of money building this team that they have at the moment and they'll, they'll cruise I think they'll cruise and, they don't, and they don't, the, the bottom line is they don't have a lot of money no, no, they would, it's it would be, said we're not going to buy anyone so that well you saw what happened with the Raquelman situation a couple of years well, a year ago whenever it was um, it's tore the club into basically and yeah, that might have been that was before we started recording on the pod actually. But yeah, I mean, for the benefit of that of our listeners, Raquel may signed uh, a kind of contract on, on reduced wages from what he wanted because the club. No, in fact, he didn't. didn't. No, no, he signed, it was, it was, it was the right way. It was the club's treasurer resigned because of it. Yeah, we, we just we talked about it on the end of the so. yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, this would be even more ridiculous than that, and, and more like, less necessary. I think so. Mm. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and and what do you, what do you guys what do you guys think because. Some people are are saying that Riquelme's injury is even more worrying than Beatriz's injury. Even though Beatriz is out for the season, the fact that Boca could lose Riquelme for one, two or more games before the end of the Apertura could have a bigger impact in their chances. Uh, I think and I'd say in terms of kind of what they do for the team, the Riquelme one's going to be... Any game that Riquelme misses is going to be key because... 
Boca with Raquelme are a championship winning team. Boca without Raquelme are a top four, top five team. So you could see if, say, if he misses, worst case scenario, he misses three weeks, which is, look, as I said, it looking unlikely at the moment. That could easily be kind of, say, four or five drop points for Boca, which would, if other results go go well, means the, the league would be cut to uh, two, three points for the last, say, six games of the season. Yeah, but two points to go, two points difference with six games to go is anyone's game. And of course, the three rounds time they play at Racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is chasing them hard by that yeah, point, no doubt they're um, unbeaten. Yeah, but I think what we've seen this season is that the other teams chasing them. I mean, when when Boca slips up a little bit, nobody is there to really put the mm. pressure on it. Right? So I don't think it's going to matter at all. And it's, yeah. It would be very foolish to spend a lot of money on any striker right now. But yeah, I'd, I'd more or less agree. I think it, any games that Riquelme misses are going to be a game, and I think they've still got enough about them, you know, to win a, a match. Uh, in a one-off basis against Colón or whatever they've got coming up now and, and all of that kind of stuff w- without Riquelme um, perhaps not as comfortably or as impressively as they would do with him but again in a way it hurts them more Riquelme's lost than Beatriz because Beatriz has been good this season but it's not as if he's been scoring a goal every single game no, he has been um, very important in the, as a, as a Tiger man in the middle yeah. play but uh, yeah like I said but so what, if, what if Palermo retires then? <laughs> <laughs> those were the first two names mentioned. I think Tevez and, and Palermo. Went. If Palermo had retired, I would be happy to put money on Boca not winning the title. <laughs> <laughs> because I'd, uh, I've been accused, especially because I'm a River fan, of mocking my team Palermo at times, and well, God knows I have. Um, but I've, you know, you can't disrespect his his goal scoring record, and especially in the Argentine league. And the fact that at that level he's, he was a very good forward. But as we've all kind of said and agreed this season, Boca's attack looks much more mobile and much more dynamic. And they look a much more likely team to win when they're not focusing around him all the time. Um, well, I don't so know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he'd score for Boca if he came back this season, even. But I don't think they win the league. Well, another factor a lot of people have mentioned in, uh, in Boca doing so well this year after having struggled for so long is that. Supposedly, no longer the, the the dressing room is no longer split yeah. Yeah, along Riquelme and Palermo lines because this was a, a theme that was, has been going on for the last couple of years. So, you know, there was always one group behind Palermo and one one group behind Riquelme. So now that that whole thing is finished, suddenly Boca has, has turned into a title winning team. So bringing him back would be would be silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of um, first of all of retirees, which we were doing with with Palermo. Um, and also with players struggling with injury, which we just have done with Riquelme. Uh, we mentioned in passing a couple of weeks ago that Seba Veron was going to be retiring in... What's the date today? On the, 20, on the 31st of October. In a week October. and a half's time, on the 31st of October. But now he's going to go to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. He, he's now announced the, that he's the, the, the witch, Veron, that's his nickname, was going to retire... The little witch. The little witch. <laughs> was going to retire on Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now he changed it. It would have been perfect. Uh, it would have been great for headline writers. Patrick was written in the stars. Hmm. Yeah, he changed it. He's going to play until the end of the season. Um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be huge for Estudiantes. And... I think, think he represents. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think well, he represents been the way they've been playing and, and no, the amount uh, that he's been no, playing. No, no. Regardless of that, it's the, the the impact he has on that on that club as a player. He represents the ultimate idol, and I don't I don't remember a player who came back from Europe and gave a club in, mm. in Argentina 
such wonderful service. I mean, like, well, him, like him or love him. Riquelme. When Riquelme first came back, when he was, what, 28? Hmm. Okay, he, he did it because he'd fallen out with Michel Real's um, directors or whatever. Hmm. But when he came back and, you know, he did the same as Veron. In fact, he won a league title in the Libertadores with them in, in his first season back, yeah. which is almost exactly what Veron did. Well, yeah, that, you're probably right, but although from but, the financial point of view, with Baron when he was in Europe, sending money back to keep Estudiantes afloat, to uh, rebuild their training, to yeah, keep he, their, their youth system going, and everything. Bo- both of them, Riquelme and Veron, took uh, pay cuts to to improve, well, to help the club finances. But Veron is a bit more identified with Estudiantes. He's a uh, bit more. Yeah. You get the feeling he's completely devoted to the club and. And he, he also, I think, since he's been back, he took a pay cut. Uh, when Branya was talking about going to Mexico, Brazil, um, Veron said, "I'll take a pay cut to keep him here to be able to pay yeah. Branya more stuff like that." And yeah, he bought a bus to for transportation of the youth team as well. He's like he treats the estudiantes as family. And yeah. he, I don't, I don't know if you can say the same the same about Riquelme, and and especially because for Veron. For, for for Estudiantes fans, is unanimous. Like everyone loves Veron. Like mm-hmm. he's he's got hundred percent support, and it's not the same. Yeah, the he's, 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 perhaps, people, yeah. Exactly. he's perhaps as big a figure as Riquelme. You know, national team level in Argentina as well, but at a smaller club than than mm-hmm. Riquelme is at. And plus, he's been identified with them since he was a kid. Whereas since he was yeah. the day he was Riquelme born, when he was born, born, <laughs> you know, he was born from Argentinos and. Well, he was born on the, you know, he was born on the day of the. His father was playing the yeah. uh, La Plata Derby, the Clasico, um, and Veron was born, I think, during the game. Yeah, and Bilardo was the coach, it, yeah. and uh, he Bilardo knew about it, but he didn't tell uh, Juan, uh, Juan Veron Juan Senior, Juan senior yeah, about it because he wanted him to to concentrate on the game, and he scored in that game. I think yeah. uh, has won four one. And so yeah, since the, since basically since his birth, he's been. Yeah, and, be, and even before, because in '68, when his father uh, scored at Old Trafford against Man United yeah, to win the Intercontinental say. Cup, like that that uh, that family is a synonym of, of of Estudiantes. And in a way, I'm really jealous of that. Like, of re- I'm really jealous of that club having that. Is like, mm-hmm. I don't think any other club has something like that. I, I have little doubt that if he runs for president of Estudiantes. He can he can become he will become yeah. president of Estudiantes, and no, some people say well some people say he will probably run for AFA president, and who knows uh, where he can go from there. But uh, I think it's a massive massive uh, historic moment, uh, and these last few matches for for him will be very emotional and will be a huge plus a huge loss for, for Argentine football in general. Yeah, it's I, I feel slightly with him as I did with Paul Scholes last season in a way. Um, Scholes, ever since I was watching football as a Manchester United fan when I was small, was always my favourite player. Um, before anybody writes in, I do know he can't tackle. <laughs> but for his, his way of playing when he's got the ball. Um, and even when, when they're on move to Man United, I kind of felt like he was I, I didn't know anything at all about Argentine football or about Veron at the time um, but I kind of got the sense that he was being played in the wrong position or misunderstood slightly when he was with us um, and it's just like I, I kind of get the sense that from a footballing point of view much like Skulls he's maybe carried on a year a year and a half too long he might have been better off retiring 18 months ago you know when he was still able to, to do what he, he'd like to be doing 
because it is frustration that's, that's caused him to, to be retiring now. He, he knows that his body can't really take anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, the loss to Argentine football is going to be. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree. I think like it's a different scenario in Argentine football because obviously we're not talking about European you know, Champions League level or, or Premier League level. And I think when Veron plays and when he can play for a series of matches, he's, he's yeah. still hugely influential. Yeah, I, agree in this yeah. oh, I, I agree completely, but it's. Uh, it's it's the retiring because his body basically can't take any more. Yeah, his angle. Yeah, his angle is is not good. It's yeah, not good. and and a two-time South American Footballer of the Year as well. We should mention mm-hmm. two in a row, two thousand and eight and nine and two thousand and nine. Yeah. Um, so happy retirement, sir, but when, when you get it at the end of the year, I'm sure we'll mention it again before that. Yeah, and don't score against Racing. Yeah, <laughs> God, please. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. <laughs> Even though I dedicated him a nice... After all the nice things you know. said about him, he yeah. turned around to Sudiantis when 4-0, but they always say... He's a witch. He's a witch. <laughs> no, we can't. I, I feel that we should actually... We, we, we talk about Racing a lot on Hunter Pod, which is in no small part, of course, because half of us are, are Racing fans. Um, and so to redress the balance side, perhaps the next thing we should touch on is the fact that uh, Independiente have now won two games in a row. They're on a roll. Yeah. Uh, one in the Copa Sudamericana, 1-0 against Liga de Quito. After it they went out on that. It wasn't good enough, unfortunately. For match. Unfortunately, they unfortunately, were out for them. Yeah. Couldn't defend the title. Mm. But then a pretty impressive uh, display against Godoy Cruz, winning 2-1 at the weekend. Um, with uh, And they're going into next week's game with Patito Rodriguez uh, once again. 100% fit after him having kind of played minutes and minutes in, in the last couple of games after coming back from a long-term injury. I'm wondering now, the last time we discussed Independiente was when Ramon Diaz took charge and we were saying that if he didn't get good results before the end of the season he might start to get a bit impatient and whatnot because he likes to get his hands dirty in the transfer market. Can we kind of, what do people see? I mean, I, I've just been writing a few previews for the next round and I think that if Independiente get a good result here, it could really mean that they're starting to push on and show some form and their fans could actually start getting a bit excited about the class order, perhaps. Yeah, on one hand, is uh, building a team for the clausura, and on the other, is thinking ahead for next season, not this one, but next season, they're going to be compromised with, with the yeah. promedios, with the average points that relegations are calculated at, uh, based, based on this uh, average point. Uh, yeah, it's, it is confusing. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're showing signs uh, of improvement. Like they're, they're really going for it. They're, they're attacking. They managed to get a draw against Racing with with a when they were really really underdogs, uh, and they conceded in the first minute. But then managed to get points from a point from that from that game, and then won it near the end against Godoy Cruz. They're not by any means. Uh, playing fantastic football, but they're showing they're showing improvement, and, and that's what Ramon Diaz uh, brings to the team in the first few matches. He at every club exactly. It will, I guess, it will depend on how the elections go for them as well. Uh, the president Julio Comparada is is getting a lot of criticism as well. The club as a whole is not is, a is in crisis. <laughs> The club as a whole is, is in crisis, so I guess it will be a matter of how they can balance the off-the-pitch issues with... Cause, uh, yeah, I think it came out in the news the other day, there are 120 million pesos in debt, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. would be, say, 30 million dollars, more or less, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Which is a massive sum, yeah, in Argentina, a massive, massive sum. Yeah, because if you think about 
which players could they sell mm-hmm. in order how to much do you think they can get for Pato Rodriguez for example well they, yeah. they, they linked Patricio Patito Rodriguez they linked him with uh, Man United in the summer yeah. um, but I think that was just expe- speculation yeah. he, he, was, he was fairly close to going to um, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say the name of the club but he was fairly close to going to a Ukrainian club yeah. but it didn't end up going going through yeah, yeah but like yeah, what sort of sums are we talking about for him 10 million yeah, yeah 12 million euros if yeah. The team's very generous on the day, yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's worth that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more. I think with him, it's more the injuries than anything, <coughs> right? Um, yeah. He's a really good player when he's playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'd have to play this Apertura and then the rest of the Clausura injury free and yeah. well, and then maybe he could look for mm-hmm. a European move. Yeah, but you can't see them selling. Can who else would they sell for that? For no, they don't. Like, no, 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 but they don't have an Aguero or no. Ustari. They sell. No, they sell. They sold Ustari yeah. for six million or something like that back yeah. in the day. They don't have that kind of player coming coming through, and that is also part of Comparadas' policy. They he he brought a lot of, a lot of, a lot of players on loan, mm. fringe players, just squad players that are not really good enough. And that's why they're they're struggling to get enough points, and and it's struggling to capitalize because they don't have these kind of uh, gems that they could sell to Europe and, and balance the books. And that will be that will be difficult. And, and also the violence you can you, you can ignore the fact that the, the Barra Brava, the hooligans of Independiente, are making the news every day. Like uh, I read yesterday that one of the partisan journalists, a girl was attacked by Barra Brava. She showed pictures of uh, inj- with with injuries, like uh, her knee was was hurt, was was wounded. So I mean, that is that is something that is not gonna help the club by any means. Mm. Um, and one of the few other matches of the weekend that didn't finish in a draw was Lanús Vélez. And I'm really disappointed with my boys in the Primera Lanús this season because um, <laughs> I, I picked them to to be well to be title winners actually before the, the start of the season and they lost 2-1 to Vélez they've lost loads of ground now in the league standings and, and they're not you know anywhere near a challenge now really at the same time I'm, having talked a lot about how Vélez have um, have been really disappointing you know compared with what they would have been hoping for this season mm. they're now back up this win meant that they leapfrogged uh, Lanus in, in the league table they've got 17 points to Lanus is 16 they scored a fantastic goal through uh, Cantoros yeah, yeah. somebody yeah. there was a back, back heel in there yeah. it was a beautiful goal um, and the um, now they're 8 points behind Boca and yeah, they still yeah. have to play Boca oh, yeah, they still have to play Racing yeah. I wouldn't rule them out but, I mean, well I don't know I don't see them as title challenges but I did think that it kind of reinforced what we said earlier this season even when Belles weren't doing as well which is that as an institution and as a club they're still confident and they're still um, was it Astley last uh, a couple of weeks ago who was saying that she'd been going around there and people have been telling her you know we've got like 20 kids coming yeah, from right. West well, like, Somebody like Antero they're going to be able to sell and other guys yeah. that are coming through. So. And then the guys they've got coming through the, the youth ranks uh, superb. Yeah. Plus for them they know they've already got um, Libertadores football next year already mm. guaranteed. So. No worries about the yeah. averages or anything. So they can afford to use this year as a, as a building one. Try some of these youth players I think. Mm. Interestingly. Is the young number nine. Mm-hmm. Is that what his name is? Yeah. 
can't remember his first name, but he's looked good at times, if a bit raw. Yeah, I think the only thing that could stop Vélez would be a backlash from Grandona for <laughs> for for Vélez president's opposition, public opposition. We see maybe four players just exiled. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Stuff like that. Seven penalties against yeah. them in, in two games. Well, interestingly, now we've got next week is, is um, Estudiantes mm-hmm. Vélez, who, you know, we've talked about other two the two best teams over the last three or four years well this uh, time last year it was exactly like this was a championship title decider yeah. um, obviously both of them have fallen a long way this year but both of them just as we mentioned are sort of picking themselves up a bit and so interesting yeah. for other reasons that game yeah um, I'm talking of young players coming through as well as we have done with Patricio Rodriguez at Independiente and Belas's numerous ones we have had a question from uh, Joseph Sexton who's uh, virtually, uh, I think we should just get him on as a guest <laughs> spot for next week because he asks the question every week. He's asking us to mention a little bit about uh, Lucas Ocampos, who has been linked to the move to Chelsea, who I'm quite happy to talk about because it gives us an excuse to mention River Plate this week. Ocampos is the sort of 17 year old left winger for River, Australian Dan. You look like you're chatting uh, a bit to get on the mic. Yeah, I writing a story about him, so, and I think Dan just wrote a quick fire story about him yeah. as well. Um, is that available to read anywhere? It should be up on gold.com, I believe, yes. And your piece, Australia? It'll be on Sabotage Times in okay. probably about two days. Um, but yeah, he, he came up through Gymnasia. Uh, he started off as a right-back, and then he got switched to midfield, and he got switched to a, to a sort of a forward position. But he's, he's found his, his role on the, on the left. He got bought by River Plate. He played in the under-17 World Championship. Um, earlier this year was it? Or yeah, yeah. <coughs> this year. And then since then he's come back and he started. He did the preseason with River February this year. Sorry, right. Um, and then, but basically, Almeida decided he's ready to to start. So he's been playing on the left wing. Been playing very well. Extremely fast, I think, is his and, and like a really good dribbler. Um, almost freakishly tall for a winger as well. Yeah, he's been one eighty-five, I guess. One eighty-seven. One eighty-seven. Six two, six three. Yeah, good in the air, right? Yeah, he's, he's, he's got ahead of recently. Um, but yeah, really good dribble. Like he, he says his idol is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. So I think that kind of player has you know, cutting in from the left. Yeah, you can make yeah. a very, very lazy comparison and say he's a similar sort of player. Yeah. So kind of the Cristiano when he was young and still... Yeah, exactly. Like that winger. We made similar comparisons with Eric Lamela last season as well. Yeah, they're nah. similar players. Similar I've, I've, I've yet to see Ocampos in the flesh, but people who have done have said to me that they think he's actually better than Lamela, even taking mm-hmm. into account the fact that they're not, he's not playing at the same uh, time. For me, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't compare Lamela so much to Ronaldo. Yeah. I think, like, Gokampo's a different kind of player. Like, oh, no, uh, with Lamela, it was more the, the sort of strut that he had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And the hairstyle, I guess, yeah. No, Gokampo's, you could see him fitting well, well into a European team, and he could go for much more money than, say, Lamela just went to Europe for, um, if we're talking about £15 million pounds to, to, to Chelsea, kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, no, he should fit in well, but being a, a typical left winger type player. So yeah, if, yeah. if I were him, I I sound like a broken record going on about wanting young players to just maybe stay here for another year or two before moving on. But I'd like to see Ocampos have say a season in the Primera with River first. Well, with River or with another club. It'd be nice to see him move to a Primera club first, and then There's another route. Uh, some players do. They go to these big clubs and then they get loaned out to different clubs in, in Europe, like this Costa Rican guy who was bought by Arsenal, uh, Joel Campbell, mm-hmm. and he went on loan somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure some listeners know. Um, I think somewhere in Spain, but 
Ah, Lorient for in France. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And there's another route, <laughs> which was taken actually by Lancini, who I think yeah. impressed us all in yeah. the 2010-2011 season. He decided to go to um, Fluminense in, in Brazil, and from what I've heard, he's been doing really well yeah. there. He's even kept Deco out of the team for a few games, which yeah, he scored. Quite a feat for he, a... he scored against Flamengo, but it yeah. wasn't good enough because Flamengo then got two two goals right. in the last five minutes by another Argentine, yeah. Dario Botinelli. But that would uh, be an interesting, yeah. That would be quite an interesting uh, shift if we started to see these young Argentine players go from. Argentina to Brazil to Europe because I think we saw uh, Martinucho who was playing in Peñarol he went from Peñarol to uh, Afluminense as well I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 so it seems to be becoming more of a viable option we've seen before that yeah, Argentine players go to Brazil but it's more kind of the players that didn't make it in Europe or kind of didn't quite mm. install themselves in Argentina and, and in kind of trotted the, the continent a little bit. In terms of the alternate route that you were talking about when you mentioned Lanzini, Lanzini's been loaned to Fluminense from River and then is yeah. what, coming then, back to be sold on or yeah, they're using the exposure of him to himself 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 himself. Himself. Yeah. Or you have the other alternate route which is like Conca which is Brazil and then China <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. to become the third best player best paid player in the Believe world. Still China, yeah. Chasing the dragon or something. <laughs> it's a good pub quiz question, though, for, or at least I imagine it would be, especially for most people in Europe. Who, who is the best, the third best played footballer yeah, in the yeah, world? You'd sure. you think Eto and Messi or Ronaldo or whoever, and then who's third? You wouldn't guess Dario Coca. Um, no. But yeah, just with the attention that uh, Ocampos has already got, if this, if these rumours are true, I think he'll he'll just do Route One straight to Europe, I guess, and for perhaps what Seba was saying, get lined out for a little while. But I don't know. We've only we've all only seen him in. The eight or nine games that he's played mm. through, so yeah. what's next, Mystic Dan? Well, I think we spoke we spoke about one of the undefeated teams in the Primera, yeah. but we haven't we'll spoke about the other. Yeah. Oh, go on then, guys. What yeah, do you think know. of Racing's performance? This <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The, the interesting thing is it happened off the pitch, yeah. and it is about a possible rift between Teo Gutierrez, the Colombian striker who plays for Racing, and Diego Simeone, and apparently they were having talks on Monday uh, or Tuesday today uh, to clear the air about that because after he came back uh, from Bolivia when he played in the World Cup qualifiers he said he started feeling the effects of the altitude and the travel and, and stuff like that and he had uh, the fever so yeah, he didn't travel he felt sick yeah. kind of things, dizziness he didn't travel with the team and the other players didn't like that so just for listeners and, and Russian fans listening to us to stay tuned with that, with that, with that thing because it could yeah. be problematic and, and it, could, it could mean trouble for Racing if they don't sort it out it was a bit more worrying as well because we saw on Saturday another possible rift opening up uh, we should say it finished uh, 0-0 in, in San Juan not San Martin because that's the team <laughs> and towards the end the captain Claudio Jacob got, got replaced by Simeone after getting booked and he'll miss the next game which is against Lanús and he was none too happy about coming off and apparently you know, he directed his rage to to Simeone which now he's saying now I was annoyed because of my booking I was annoyed because we weren't playing well I was annoyed at every single thing apart from at Diego but yeah it seems there's a couple of little elements in the Racing dressing room at the moment which are a bit of a worry I mean hmm. 
the team's not playing particularly badly and obviously they haven't lost yet the second in the table but at the same time they've drawn the last three games drawn four out of the last five I believe and they're not they're simply they're not, not scoring, scoring goals yeah. they're not conceding goals they're not conceding goals, yeah. they're not scoring I, think, yeah, I, I was just yeah. I was thinking yesterday when I was looking at the table actually that Racing so far are now a classic case of drawing too many games because them and Boca are both undefeated but Boca have won seven and drawn four and Racing have won four and drawn seven yeah and and that's the six points. You know, that's your six point difference right there. It's yeah. And I think, yeah, when you're drawing so many games and you know that kinda the top spot's there but you're not gonna get it. I think it's yeah. gonna it's gonna breathe frustration and crosswords are gonna be said even even though on paper it looks like you're in a good position. It's even better say if they drawn you know, won a couple more games, lost a couple of games and then they'd probably be in a probably in a better place mentally. Yeah. So I think so many draws, so many tight uh, don't want to say boring, but fairly kind of tense games. It's got a kind of start friction. Still looks so far, or to this day, it still looks like the the fifteenth week is going to be the title decider. Yeah. Is well probably, or at least the one that will define the last four rounds. Uh, but Boca will probably have a chance to clinch it <laughs> if they continue like this. Yeah. They'll probably have a chance to clinch the title playing against Racing in the 15th round. So that that will be like the, the huge game of this of this apertura. It yeah, certainly looked like that. You probably have to say that Racing would need to win, say, two out of their next three games and stay unbeaten before that 15th fixture to still be in touch with Boca. Yeah. The question is, can they do it after drawing so many games? Absolutely. We're going to find out what they're going to do in one of those matches, at least now in a minute, because we'll go away in Australian down in a much more convincing Australian accent than we realised last managed last week. It's going to give us the predictions for next entre semana, the midweek round. Same midweek, of course, because the Argentine presidential elections are on Sunday, which means there's no football in Argentina this weekend. Uh, the matches for round 12 of the Torneo Apertura will be taking place on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Australian down. Tell us what's going to happen in them. All right. Um, I don't know why I keep doing this, but uh, again, I'm going for like home, home wins and draws, and there's always a lot of away wins. But, so I've got Olimpo to win at home to Union, always Newells to draw. Banfield, Independiente to draw, Arsenal, San Lorenzo to draw, Vélez, Estudiantes to draw, Rafaela to beat Argentinos, um, Colón to beat Boca, Tigre to beat Belgrano, Godoy Cruz to beat San Martín de San Juan, and Racing Lanús to draw. I take it. Boca to lose. Yeah, yeah, I think the, the, the little upheaval this week is not going to help them in a lot of time. I'll go along with that. The elephant's great. I see myself in Yeah, and they've they've Colon have their virgin back now. I'll be it may not be the same one, although they're claiming it is. But is she still a virgin though? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the the pictures that, that were up on the LA website today? Yeah. The, for those who missed the previous episode, by the way, when English Dan explained this to us, so eloquent. Th- th- there's a a, a virgin a, a virgin Mary at Colon Stadium, which was taken down a few weeks ago. Well, a few months ago now, to be cleaned for a couple of weeks and never got returned. Um, and they're going to be putting it back in a couple of days' time, but there's a kind of spot-the-difference picture on, on the Olay website today in, in, in their Colon news section, and it's quite 
obviously a completely different <laughs> statuette. <laughs> they're, they're claiming it's the same one and the, the cleaning process has changed, but it's a completely different shape. It, there's nothing in any way similar about them. Um, we can put the two pictures up so um, we can do our own little spot the difference competition. I can certainly try and find them, yeah. Okay. So um, they, they, they put a, a bother now? Yeah. <laughs> well, it almost looks like one, yeah. It, it was quite funny because the Olé website had, you know, this is going to uh, particularly offend Colón's Catholic fans, but also the non-Catholic ones will be worried about it as well. And I thought, why? <laughs> the non-Catholic ones don't believe in the Virgin anyway, so yeah. what difference <laughs> does that make to them? Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see whether the the new virgin or or the the new look old virgin can uh, <laughs> can rescue Colon there. Any other interesting ties coming up this weekend? No, as I said before, Venice is the Yeah, about uh, an interesting position. Um, so according to your predictions, then Rafaela will be the real winners in this next yeah, round because like, yeah. they get to the, three points. Yeah, yeah they will get uh, closer to Boca mm-hmm. than Racing itself. So and so Bambi- Tigre must be. Must be out there with your predictions as well. There probably will be, yeah. yeah. We're a Tigre at the moment, so. Tigre um, is in, uh, in the north of uh, Greater Buenos Aires. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this reminds me of another question we're going to ask in a minute, actually. Okay. Well done. Tigre, they are. What, what are they? Where 17. Are they? Yeah, so they'd be Fifth. five behind Boca, <laughs> level with Racing, if those results all went Australian down to me, which of course they won. <laughs> um, Banfield yeah, Independiente is going to be an interesting one as well, with Banfield initially peaking slightly under uh, La Volpe and, and then falling off a little bit in the last couple of matches as well and Independiente as we hinted at earlier perhaps on the rise um, but we'll see uh, one question which as I say Seth has just reminded me of before we go I think it I don't think it was meant for the podcast but I thought it might be fun to do it on the podcast I had an email via my blog about an hour before I came out this evening um, from a man called Andrew um, can't remember your surname I'm afraid sorry if you're listening uh, but he was asking which of the two really was correct because English language Wikipedia um, has 20 or 24 clubs listed for the city of Buenos Aires which is the area within uh, the Autopista General Paz and the river and the river thank you so, and, and the Riachuelo um, but Spanish language Wikipedia has only 24 or 20 we can't, I can't remember which way around they were but they, they were different on it and so when I'm going to go around I'm going to go uh, anti-clockwise and because it's, it was my idea I'm going to go last it seems only fair um, and I think if we tried three each guys and we haven't prepared for this yeah so, so the way we're sitting we're, we're starting with English Dan and he's going to try and name three clubs within the city of Buenos Aires and then Australian Dan's going to do it then Seba then me and then we'll keep going around until we run out so I'm just going to keep count I'll, I'll keep count okay. if, if it's three each then that means that up to my three it'll be twelve and then second round, round yeah. so if it is twenty-four then we should all be able to name three in theory English Dan go right. well I might try and start alphabetically just because it's easier for me uh, we'll go for All Boys Argentinos and Atlanta I feel like you're going to say Atlanta Australian now I think I'm going to struggle here because I'm not sure where the geography of it all is so, um, in Boa say Ferro we have River and um, Boca yeah great so I, I'll go for San Lorenzo Vélez and Nueva Chicago ok I've got Huracan Defensores de Belgrano and Excursionistas de Belgrano English yeah. down again. That's so this is 12 so far. Yeah. Okay. So I will go for San Lorenzo. No, I said it. You said San Lorenzo? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got such a bad memory. <laughs> Venice? You said Venice. Did I? Somebody said Venice. Yeah, I, I, I did, I did, yeah. I really need to start listening. <laughs> You're not listening to me. 
Gracias bueno, a San Lorenzo a ver esa misión. La risa. You can, well, you can cut out this is really interesting for our listeners to. You can cut out the voices <laughs> anyway. So. so this will be like really rapid fire. Oh, my mind's gone absolutely blank. They'll be wondering what pauses we're talking about. You can skip your. It's tricky. Well, you I don't have to do it enough better than you know. <laughs> Thank you. I think I managed on on the soup tour when I was coming over. I managed to get up to about eighteen, and my mind's gone blank now. Yeah, I, I can't remember the most of them. Because Lampio down, I don't know. No, they're from Southern. I'm looking down the league table at the moment. We've named all of the ones in the Primera. Mm-hmm. I have some more. Australian, Dan, can you think of any? No, not really. Why? Well, I have Platense. I have. In Capitão? Yeah, it's. Vicente Lopez. Alright, yeah. It's just, just across the. Yeah, yeah this just this is what it's Sorry. Um, no, so then it's uh, Deportivo Riestra in Bajo Flores. <laughs> They're from Primera D. Well, I just recently saw a piece on They're really, really close to San Lorenzo. And then you have Deportivo Español. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about their current name. They could be called Central Español no, so, or somewhere. So, Social y Deportivo sí. Español. So, and then Sportivo Barracas. But I'm not sure well, if they're playing the Primera D or below. But no, but they're a club. They're a club, uh, yeah, yeah. So they're fine. They, they were in, they're in the... Copa Argentina because we yeah. talked about them last week I had one other one that nobody's mentioned yet but I can't remember what it was <laughs> maybe we should just cut this first I think we're going to be very the, the answer is that it's bloody difficult to list them off the top of our heads <laughs> um, Andrew but I, what I suspect has happened with, with the difference in the numbers anyway is that potentially one of them is, um, has included clubs like Platense Chacarita San Telmo who were based were historically based in barrios that are in capital that no longer play in them. So what's the other one you've got? Uh, I've got Comunicaciones from the barrio of Agronomía, not far from where I live. Uh, what the Comunicaciones, okay. I think it, uh, they play in Primera C. That's the fourth tier. Uh, it has to be, it has to be, it has to be loads more. Well, I, we've lost count already. I think probably so, 16. So far yeah. we've done 12, and then you named, uh, you've named four more, so four more, yeah, we're 16, 16 so far. Yeah, the, the, we know there are at least four, but we can't think of any of them at the moment. Um, <laughs> this is a bit of a disaster. I'm sure I'm, sure I'm going to think about them going back home. But it's, it's one of those things, because uh, one, one frequently quoted thing about the uh, Greater Buenos Aires, particularly, is that there are more football stadia in Greater Buenos Aires than in the other metropolitan area in the world. Um, and the difference between Greater Buenos Aires and the city of Buenos Aires is obviously huge and, and it becomes very, very difficult to work out who they all are. We're looking at the, the Nacional B table now um, and going down is difficult. I don't think we've missed I think we mentioned, we mentioned everyone Atlanta. here too. Chacarita don't play in Capital. No, we Even have no, everyone, from, everyone from Nacional B. Yeah. B Nacional. Including River. Anyway, in... Yeah. In reply to <laughs> Andrew's, the laughter is because I've just cut a very long of us <laughs> looking through league tables and trying to work out who we were missing. Um, I'm sure there's a list somewhere. Yeah, in, in reply to, to your email, Andrew, I will try and actually write to your email since it was sent via my blog and not to the podcast itself. Uh, but we thought it'd be, I thought it would be a bit of fun to try and um, see what torch. we could remember. Absolutely. As it was, it was vaguely embarrassing. If you do have any questions for Hard Pop, feel free to write to them, as long as you're not going to ask us, for instance, to list all of the clubs in Grand Buenos Aires, because <laughs> we can't do that, we'll tell you right now. Um, but for now, 
Uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, another podcast. We're not sure when next week's is going to be online because, as we mentioned earlier, the next round is being played from Monday to Wednesday. So we'll work something out if we do do one next week. Um, we'll be back before too long anyway. It's uh, goodbye from Seba. Hasta luego. And I hope I don't see Grandona anymore in four years' time. <laughs> I don't want my son to live my, the same life. <laughs> I did. Goodbye from Australian Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.